When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K. Latest episode of the No Huddle Show, as usual, from the Novacare Complex. In a way, this is like sort of an emergency podcast because we're just moments ago. Orlando Scandrick, recently released Eagles cornerback, went on FS1's uh, Undisputed with the with the much respected journalist Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. And just lit into the Eagles organization. Uh, we're gonna go through each comment, but like we're this is like literally fresh. This just happened a little bit ago. I'd imagine the guys, not many guys in the locker room, maybe they checked Twitter before practice, but it happened like right before practice started. So I don't know if uh, anyone if they're they're gonna be blindsided by us asking about it afterwards. I would imagine so. And you thought that Luke's that oh man, I screwed that up. And you thought that Orlando Skandrick did Luke Falk dirty. I mean, this is <laughs> I mean. I, this is this is something else. Like um, it, it was. I, I joked when I came into the facility today that we haven't had anything weird happen in like a whole day, and then this happened. It was like perfect. Yeah, I mean, we just came from a Doug Peterson press conference where he said they had a lot of drama last week. Yeah. Uh, well, Douglas, let me tell you. Look, um, before we get into the comments, I want to say this: Orlando Skandrick was signed. During train in the middle of training camp, he was okay. He had an okay preseason. Then he was cut. Sat on his couch for a few weeks. Sat on his couch for a few weeks. Was signed before the week five game against the Jets. He had two sacks and two forced fumbles and a touchdown. Was an impressive game. And then he looked meh in two blowout losses. He he is one of three guys that they signed. Post free agent, post like free agent wave, first wave that they have cut roster cut downs. Is that what you're trying to say? No, 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 no. He is one of three guys that they have signed post the draft uh. that they have now cut: um, Zach Brown, Akeem Spence, and Orlando Scandrick. I think a lot of people have acted like the team was sending a message by cutting all three of those players. I'd agree with that by one of those players. Yeah. So I mean, those, none of those guys are actually good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when we get into these comments, just have that context with you. Um, I will tell you that I was told by a source that the team tried to sign him before week five and there was some holdup on the contract. They finally got him in. Um, this is, this is a very sensitive situation. I think for this organization, because I do think that it, It'll play into how veterans view this team moving forward, especially when they sign midseason. Um, 
there are some very alarming things that he says about Howie Roseman and Malcolm Jenkins. Some some pretty weird critiques of Lane Johnson and of Carson Wentz as it relates to Nick Foles. And so I'm looking forward to getting into this and hearing your thoughts on this. Zach. So we should go on with the disclaimer like FS1 didn't even bring this up, which I, I mean, it's not like you expect Undisputed to have great journalistic uh, integrity, but he's a disgruntled former employee recently fired. So like, those are the, these are always the sources in a story. Like I mean, the anonymous sources usually in a story like this where they're upset because they just got released, so they're going to air all their dirty laundry publicly. So you know whether I mean this is all his opinion. Also, like we don't know mm-hmm. if this is everybody's opinion. So I think it's important to like just keep that in the back of your mind. Well, and something to consider too. A lot of people are going to say, "Wasn't he only there for a hot minute?" Like I just got off the the phone with a league source who said, "Wait, he was only there for like a few games." Like what? No, he was there throughout August. Yeah, you for know, all of training camp. Yeah. For all of training camp, he's been around some of these guys. He made close friends. Spe- in, when you're in the locker room for a month, like you get to know everybody, right? Know? I mean, he he did make f- some close friends with. You know, some players. Also, keep in mind, he's one of Deshaun Jackson's, like, closest yeah, friends. Yeah, he made sure to, to hype up Deshaun on the show, too. He said he was going to be a Hall of Famer. He, he, he did, yes. <laughs> that, there was that. But, um, so, so yeah. for, let's start. For the, I think one of his first comments was just about how the Eagles uh, don't aren't handling the success off the Super Bowl pretty well, which is something I think we all could have said. Um, he, see, he thinks they're still, like, resting on their laurels of that Super Bowl win. Um yeah, all that noise might have just sounded like Mike falling out of his chair. He did not, but we should just accuse him of doing that because he's he's something else. This guy right next to me, but but uh, uh, so I think this is something we talked about a lot last year, where they kept saying they weren't going to get complacent and all this blah blah blah. Um, it it does. I think there's some truth to that statement. Maybe more than anything he said, I think there's truth to that statement. Yeah, I agree with you. And is two. We're, I think we're the one of we're two of the few beat writers that arrived after the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think you and I have had a lot of conversations off the record, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because my memory isn't what it used to be. <laughs> I mean, you did just fall But it does, it does seem like there is this, there's a certain part of the locker room, and honestly, it's not like an individual or like something you can sense overall, but they do clearly feel like they've, a, a lot of these players do feel like they've arrived. I'm not saying they're complacent. I'm not saying like, they think they don't have any work to do, but it does seem like there is some sort of hey, we know that we can we've bounced back from injuries before. We know Slow that we've starts, done. Yeah. Like the Super Bowl was two years ago. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if, if last Lifetime. year, last year was fine to buy into that. This year, whatever. the The thing that struck me was Scantrick said that a lot of these guys, the first thing they did when they got into the league was experience thirteen and three and won a Super Bowl. Now, to me, that's taking a hit on that draft class. Derek Barnett, uh, Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas. Uh, is anybody even left from that? Uh, Donald Pumphrey. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's... Well, it's Nate Gary was in that draft, yeah. Nate Gary. So, I, those five guys, I don't see any of them as being complacent. Um, what I'll say is this, though. I mean, Sidney Jones can get other criticisms but you right didn't yeah. play that year either so. yeah and i don't think you can ever criticize sydney jones for a lack of effort i don't think that that's ever been an yeah. issue yeah, yeah um more confidence rasul for sure is not lacking for effort uh derek barnett isn't lacking for effort he's playing hurt it seems like according to doug even though he's not really on the injury ever report. on the injury <laughs> um 
And Nate Gary, for all his faults, I don't take. He's pretty well-liked in the locker room. He's pretty well-liked. I think he cares. Uh, He dropped a lot of SH bombs in the locker room following his previous loss. Um, uh, And I've gotten to know Rasul pretty well. I'd say he's one of the closer players that I, I, I know in the locker room as far as just consistent communication in that locker room. And he... Look... I think there are guys in this locker room who think they've arrived. There's guys that think others have probably dropped off in talent and in effort. And I think, I think this this is a team that doesn't know itself. And I think a lot of that comes with when you go from having success for two seasons and then to nosediving in your first, the first half of this third season, Um, this team, a lot of guys on this team are, are, are veterans that's why I didn't buy that criticism because they have brought in a lot of older guys. And a lot of those older guys were not with the team during the Super Bowl run. They weren't even with the team last year. And so I think I, – I'm not sure if that's a fair criticism. Like I don't know it, – it, like part of me thinks it's – like I, I feel like I'm like at a loss for that commentary, right? Because I do think that guys do believe that they can bounce back. But that's the right type of attitude you should have anyway, right? I mean, well, I, well, I took him as saying this, this team likes to talk a lot about how we're going to figure it out without ever, ever actually like putting it forth. Right, which is something we brought up the other day yeah. in that they focus on a lot of what-ifs and not and on they don't how fix to fix. This, they don't yeah. fix the problems. So let's get into the juicy stuff. I'm going to read you this quote he had about Howie Roseman. Um, it came after they asked him, like, were you surprised by being cut? He said he was surprised. I don't know why he would be that surprised, honestly. Um I mean, he's a, he's a, he needs to make himself look better, I guess. But So the Howie Roseman quote, I don't believe anything that Howie says. Howie's one of those people that if they told me it was raining outside, I'd probably get some shorts just in case. He put it to me as they wanted to play younger players. They're a mess on defense, and they need to get more defensive linemen. So we'll see how that works for them up in Buffalo. <laughs> the part of I mean... I mean, it's true well, they did need more defensive linemen. Yeah, but, I mean, that, the second part of that quote is just accurate. Yeah, Obviously, I mean... Defense is a mess. Um, but uh, so the first part... You know, I I, th- I think Howie has had like a sort of reputation in the past for just you know just getting rid of guys and like the person the personal part maybe not being there as much and I I don't think that's necessarily like a bad thing I think it's bad if that reputation gets spread around the league when you're looking at free agents and veterans and stuff like that but he's a, he's a businessman first and foremost Howie Roseman can I counterbalance that though with how they've handled guys returning to the organization and all that stuff. Joe Banner had a massive reputation for getting rid of guys early. Yeah, and that, that were, he didn't have 30-year-olds on his team. <laughs> right, right. So how he kind of inherited that reputation, um, I think during his first stint, they got rid of guys a little too early. But I think he's done a pretty good job of being very family-oriented. Yeah, and, and giving here. guys money that, were, I mean, that Brent, are homegrown. Yeah. Brent Selleck was probably here two years longer than he probably should have yeah. been. Um, you look at, I mean, even just like the Brandon Graham contract, like yeah, uh, the Brandon Graham contract, giving, giving Alshon Jeffrey his money, which we said was probably the wrong move, but they did that out of loyalty to him. I, I mean, they extended Isaac Samalo when they really had no business doing it. There, you know, they Jason give, Peters has been gave brought back a year extra when he's hurt. Jason Peters has been yeah. brought back numerous times. Darren's like those aren't Joe Banner moves, right? Those aren't Joe Banner moves. So, like, I think that criticism is a little mis. Leading, like, well, I think, well, I mean, his criticism is just that how he lies is basically his. right. So we, we, there's, no mean, way, there's no way of us. To say. So <laughs> I think it's fair to say every general manager yeah, exactly. makes yeah, yeah, yeah. shady moves. Like I've heard, I general, mean, people I, that this is the first time 
really that a player after being rid of by the Eagles has said something like this, whereas Dave Gettleman has like every other week where he's dealing with guys right. saying he doesn't care about them. So. Right, and you've heard, I mean we've all heard complaints. But the about GMs aren't the coach unless you're Bill Belichick or Andy Reid. Yeah, that's that's where I'm kind of. Um, you don't really take it seriously, kind of thing. No, because then he goes after Doug. I think. Yeah. yeah I think we should read these. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in, um, so the Doug. I mean, he kind of. There's a lot of like general statements that are attacks on Doug without him directly saying Doug's name. But this one specifically, um, he's talking about how Zach Brown was released and Doug's guarantee that guarantee in quotes that the Eagles were going to beat the Cowboys. Said Zach Brown goes out and says we need to put it in their quarterback's hands about Kirk Cousins because he had those comments. Uh, he gets released. The head coach goes out and says we're going to go out to Dallas and we're going to win and be in first place. Should he get released? And, and he said a lot of stuff here. He's like there's a accountability problem. It starts at the top. Um, a lot of He said that a few times or it starts at the top. And starts at the top means Howie and Doug. So like, yeah. It doesn't seem like he thinks Doug has a grasp on the locker room like Doug thinks he does. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I agree in the sense that it does kind of seem like every time they squash a beef, something else comes yes. up. There's a lot of holes in this ship. Um, but we knew we we talked about that the other day when we ranted for 45 minutes. Right. I mean, look, the iceberg, they haven't hit the iceberg yet, but they've hit some rocks for sure. Uh, bumps in the road. Bumps yeah. in the road. Yeah, I don't know if that plays into the analogy, whatever. But, yeah, I think there's some... Some truth to that. I, I don't think Zach Brown was released because of that statement. I really don't. I, Zach Brown was not good. I, I I think a lot of people are hiding behind the fact. I mean, but it still is weird good. that he was a starter for six games and released. Like for sure, just, you don't just release a guy who started six games. For sure, it's not really something. That so there happened. was a message sender. Like more than the other two, it was. A yeah, sender. I mean, Akeem Spence was just terrible. People were like, oh yeah, he was on the team. He signed with the Jaguars, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he signed with the Jaguars this morning. Because he, he, he wants to be like you. Yeah, yeah K pipeline. <laughs> um. Skandrick was not. Skandrick um, said that he was a scapegoat for the Dallas loss. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't so. think that's the case. I just think cornerbacks were getting healthy and they really liked their cornerbacks. I mean, he, was, he was the obvious. I mean, less it was either him or Craig James that was going to go, and Craig James is young and has some potential. So. Yeah, I mean, and they need youth. They don't need a thirty-two-year-old. And clearly, Nick. Skandrick was on the on the verge of. So I guess after the Cowboys game, I didn't talk to him, but apparently he was like sitting at his locker, like, waiting for somebody to talk to him, and he kind of unloaded. I think there was two reporters that talked to him. He didn't, like, do any of this kind of stuff, but he kind of, like, indicated that this kind of thing was coming against the Cowboys. They weren't ready, blah, blah, blah. So it it makes sense that he was the one to, like, immediately go on at this point. Well, well, so I was in there. I was sitting next to that scrum because I was talking to Rasul Douglas, somebody who actually mattered beyond that week, uh, and you knew he was going to be around. Um, But... Skandrick left the locker room with Rasul, and Skandrick looked visibly frustrated. Um, his body language was terrible. Uh, maybe he knew it was coming. Maybe that's... I mean, it was the next day, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, look. I mean, I think if we were fired from a job, we would have our beefs, right? Um... As we probably should, because chances are, if you're getting fired, you don't necessarily view it as all your fault. Yeah, exactly. Nobody who gets fired thinks they deserve it. So. Yeah. Um, so, so so let's get let's get in, so another one that was uh, I mean, you talked a lot about the locker room. Um, let's get to Malcolm. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna do uh, Lane Johnson uh, real quick. So he Lane Johnson obviously had those comments about guys showing up late. Orlando viewed that as uh, Lane kind of just trying to distract from the fact that he had a bad game. Um, he did compliment him and say he's a hell yeah, of a player. Yeah, he said he's a hell of a player. He didn't have a hell of a game. The 
the first thing you could have done is looked in the mirror, is what he said. Um, we don't need to elaborate too much on that. I think Lane's gotten a lot of crap from mo- mostly defensive players about those comments, it seems like. We haven't had a chance to talk to Lane yet. Which I think is weird, okay, because you're not in... The same meetings. As you're Lane not in the same meetings. Although Jason Kelsey said he... He didn't criticize Lane for it, but he said uh, that he, he doesn't necessarily know that he's seen that happening a lot, but um, he, he thinks, it, he thinks and I, I believe it too, that it was more about accountability than necessarily. Saying. Yeah. He I, just didn't phrase it the right way. I think way. it was a general yeah. accountability. Um, but so, the Malcolm thing. So, he didn't like say Malcolm Jenkins' name directly, no, but, but he, it was pretty, like, he basically might as well have. He described um, him in grave So, I'll, I'll give you the, the, main, the main juice of the quote. Uh, juice. <laughs> He said, I think there's some selfish players in that defense. Razul took some unwanted heat for some blown coverages. I think he's talking about against the Vikings. Uh, on Others is on self, no, selfish play. I need to fix that quote. <laughs> um, we don't have to say, say names, but we know who they are. I think that when you wear a C on your jersey, Malcolm Jenkins is the captain, um, it's your job to bring guys along. You need to take the hard job. You need to bring guys together, and I don't think that's been the case. <laughs> um, he's pretty clearly taking shots at Malcolm. There's more to it where he like specifically – Talked about like some of the plays where Malcolm didn't help Razul on like deep passes. That's something that Malcolm took responsibility for, by the way. Yeah, um, I don't think he. So, he, yeah. I mean, we we're not in the locker room, so we don't know if other guys agree with these assessments publicly. Public facing Malcolm Jenkins comes off as a leader, but we don't know what it's like behind closed doors. That's just the reality. Here's why this is alarming. Okay, Jalen Mills earlier on the week said that. Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod are stepping up as leaders and playing on the scout team to give the offense the best looks possible in practice. That's a clear leadership move. I have never heard a, a corner or a safety say a negative word about Malcolm yeah, Jenkins. Yeah, and those would be the ones that in this example would would have. Which plays into the fact, I think we said this last in the last podcast, that this is a clicky locker room. Mm-hmm. Just because the secondary views Malcolm as a leader doesn't mean that everybody, everybody else, else does. Yeah. The problem now is you have somebody from that secondary, a veteran, a guy who's 32, who's been around locker rooms for 12 years, saying it. That's a problem. Um, I'm not going to say that Orlando Skandrick called him a paper tiger as a leader. But he pretty much did. Like he, selfishness is the one thing about a leader that you do not want. Yeah, and yeah. Um, selflessness is the one that you want. Right, and I think look, and he I, also he also brought up the fact that he was holding out or whatever, which isn't entirely accurate because he just didn't go to volunteer. Yeah, I mean he's been a he's so been a good, an he's been a trooper since he's been yeah. here. I think Malcolm Jenkins is the best free agent signing that Howie Roseman's ever yeah. had. Him I and think Brandon Brooks are the two. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think. What Malcolm does for this defense is something that's kind of not unparalleled in this league. Because it doesn't show up. It doesn't show up in the numbers. Is the thing. He can play nickel. He can play safety. He can play linebacker. He can do any, pretty much anything. I mean, it doesn't mean he's terrific at everything, but he can do pretty much anything. And I think, I think the issue that I have with these comments is, like we said, we got to put it in context. He was here for the preseason, and he was here for three games. He's experiencing Malcolm's leadership when literally the wheels are falling off. Um, and that said, that's a fair perspective to have. You're not seeing it when everything's rosy. You want to see a leader step up when there when when there's chaos. And I think it's confusing to me how you could jump to that conclusion in three games, maybe. 
Unless he's getting influence from somebody else in the locker room. Or he's hearing it from his teammates. In That's what I mean. Yeah. It, um, That's the thing. Like Again, like like I said earlier, we're only hearing it from his side. Now, so. remember, this is important to remember, and I just remembered this, so good for me. Um, remember, he criticized the corners after the after the Vikings game. Who did, Malcolm? Yeah, specifically oh, yeah, Sidney yeah. Jones. Well, 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 he didn't say Jones' name. Right, but... He said this game isn't for suckers. Okay, so that... We all took that as criticism towards corners. Guess who's in that cornerback room that week? Orlando Skandrick. Yeah. And so this could be a little tit for tat. Um, I've seen Malcolm be a leader. I've seen him be a leader in practice. I've seen him be a leader in training camp. I've seen him I mean, be a leader in the post-game locker room. So, I, I mean, you and I have been around for two years, or two seasons. So even in the, the moment where Avante Maddox went down, who was that even against at this point? The Packers. Or yeah. He was one of the first people there. He was trying to make him laugh. He was like over by Avante the whole time he's in the stretcher. So. Yeah, it was him, Rasul, and I think... Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I Dallas think that Scott. says something. So, the, the more one of the, the other very interesting one we'll get into, and then we can start doing a little bit Bill's preview, even though I don't even know if people are interested in that right now. But um, he talked a lot about Carson. He was mostly complimentary of Carson, but he did throw this interesting tidbit where he said there's a ton of pressure on him, but let's start here. Nick Foles did not walk through that door. Are there still people in that locker room that would still want Nick? Yeah, but that's not a knock on Carson. I mean, this is something... That is a knock on Carson. That is a knock on Carson. No, he's saying he's not. He's not knocking. No, on I, Carson know, I, I know. I know. I know that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not saying he's knocking, but that is a yeah, knock on. Yeah, Carson. They prefer a guy who's not here over the guy that's here. Correct. Yeah. That means you're not bought in. It, that's. It, it means yeah. you're not bought in. I mean, and, and the I mean, fact, yeah, and the fact that there's been well, like three anonymous leak stories in the last year, and they've all been about Carson. I mean, that's not a good look. Oh, and it's fair to say that Skandrick is correct, that there are guys in that locker room yeah. that would I mean, I, I, I think that would, that would be one of the least shocking revelations to come out of this, honestly. Oh, man, you're talking about revelations when Nick Bowles and Carson Wentz are involved? So let me throw a conspiracy theory at you that I don't necessarily believe, but... Okay. Um, what if Orlando Skandrick has been working as a double agent this whole time, just so discord in the Eagles organization because he still has love for the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, it was evident that <laughs> he, he played, really... He played last week, I don't know. I mean, it's ev- <laughs> it's evident that he's begun and ended his career in Dallas. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, good point. Yeah, I was thinking hey, about the other day with, while walking the dog. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, he was glowing about the Cowboys, man. Oh, yeah. For a 4-3 I mean, team, man, <laughs> he really put some shine on their shoes. Uh, look... I think this is a very interesting situation because it does seem like Skandrick wants to start a TV career. That's the only reason to basically unofficially end your NFL career by grabbing on on one of the most powerful general managers in the NFL. To Skip Bayless. Uh, Also, (laughs) crapping on uh, one of the most uh, well-received players in the league in Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, like... I don't, know Although, I don't know if Eric Reed probably agrees with his assessment. Yeah, Eric Reed's probably all about that life. Um, but, yeah, man, I uh, I think you need – there's a couple of things that you need to take into context. One, he was only here for three games this season. Yes, he saw the training camp, and pre, but that's kind of a, a, you know, a non-traditional view of how it plays out in the regular season. Um, he was cut twice by this organization, which – is the first time you remember this is the first time in his career he wasn't on a week one roster he made that very clear he also made it very clear that he wanted to show the rest of the league that he wasn't done well he's done now i mean he's not gonna be playing unless it's the cowboys he's not playing anywhere um i just think this is a team that is an easy target for criticism because they came in with so much bravado they came in 
the best roster in the league. And yes, we're part of the problem. We built them up and evaluated and projected them to be one of the best teams in the league, and clearly they are not. Um, it's just a rough situation. I, I, I mean, like, you have to take it with a grain of salt, what he's saying, because he, like you said, great point, disgruntled former employee. Um, but I do think there's a lot of truth to what he had to say. At least, like, the, like maybe not the actual things he said, but, like, the message behind them, I think. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I do... Like, because th- it's hard to take criticism of specific people seriously from a guy who just got fired. I didn't think Peterson's quotes were the gu- the guarantee, quote-unquote. I think it's and the water a little bit, honestly, yeah. You what? I think it's over... I think the way it was received is kind of what drove the message in Completely yeah. overblown. Yeah. I mean, I- Doug often kind of just says stuff in the moment and has to get clarified after. He also that's just, adds, that's just his nature. He, he also adds he's like, off the cuff a lot. Yeah, he also adds like six words to sentences yeah, that yeah. don't need to belong. Um, um, so let's, let's transition into a uh, into a preview. We won't. It was, this won't be as long of a preview as the other ones because we've talked for a while about these uh, these comments. But um, so with every all things considered and everything that we've seen and all the stuff that we've recapped in recent ep- podcast episodes and just all the turmoil. Um, do you still? I know you believe that the Eagles had a ch- good chance to win this game. Do you still believe that? I do. Um, and now I actually think they're going to win this game even more. Um, because this is the one that they... This is a desperate Eagles team. And the Bills have kind of overachieved in a lot of ways. I talked to Matt Perino from uh, NY Up, who covers the Bills. does a great job for them. Um and he does think, like, they've won a lot of close games. They've had a lot of turnovers on offense. This could be the game where they play an okay-ish team and kind of bite the bullet. Um, they played the Patriots very well, but that was a division game. Watching uh, watching the game against the Dolphins, you can run on the Bills. That's pretty much all you can do. Um, yeah, their secondary is really good. Quarterbacks are not passing for a lot of yards against them. Quarterbacks are not throwing for more than one touchdown against them. They and, have, and the Eagles aren't throwing for yards against any defense. So. Right, and they have safeties. Excuse me. Um, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. You might remember Jordan Poyer. He was a uh, seventh-round pick, seventh pick of the Eagles. Chip cut him. Uh, State, yeah. And then he ended up with the Browns. Has uh, blossomed into a really, really good safety. Those guys disguise coverages. I mean, Sean McDermott, you, you remember him pretty well from here. He was the former defensive coordinator that... Um, Less successful here. <laughs> ...that took over for Jim Johnson. He's a pupil of Jim Johnson. They blitz very well. They disguise coverages very, very well. They can make plays on the ball. This is going to be very difficult because as much as the Eagles put a lot of worth into their safeties and their or, or a lot of worth into their defensive line, the Bills have put in a lot of worth in their linebackers and their secondary. And that's what's tricky about playing this team. If you make a mistake, they are going to create turnovers. The key for the Eagles in this game will be to hold on to the football. You cannot give Josh Allen extra possessions. On offense, you have to protect the football. On defense, you have to tackle well. Because Josh Allen can run, and he's got some Tebow-esque tackle-breaking ability. Guys that have escapability have given the Eagles a lot of problems over the years. Correct. Um, And it's because they sell out in the box. Um, I think they're going to have to put a spy on Josh Allen. I imagine Malcolm. Malcolm, yeah. Uh, Malcolm might be helping in the slot a lot this game, too, by the way. The problem with that is they do have a deep threat in John Brown, who I can see being a massive issue for Jalen Mills and Rasul Douglas and probably Ronald Darby, 
who is expected to play in this it's game. Gonna, we're gonna be we're gonna see the Darby Mills tandem again. I think. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, I, I still think Rizul plays, but yeah, I think they rotate still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is going to be interesting because John Brown's really their only threat. Is like they have Cole, Cole Beasley. Beasley. Cole Beasley can make against possess- Cindy Jones. Yeah, he can make possession <laughs> catches. Uh, Cindy Jones, like you said, is likely to be the nickel corner. De facto, yeah. I mean, look, he played pretty well the first three games of last season and then nosedived until he had a hamstring injury in week six. But they got to they gotta see one more time what he's worth, I guess. And if he struggles, you can put in someone well, else. LeBlanc is eligible after this week. To be, Correct. To play. He hasn't practiced yet, so it's still going to be a few weeks before he plays. But Right. Um, but, yeah, this is going to well, be... Von, by the way, Avante Maddox returned to practice today, limited he, basis. So he, he, he could be back next week. He could be. And he would be the slot corner if he's healthy. Chances are, yes. Yes. Um, this is going to be a tough out. It's going to be a tough game. The The key for the Eagles, like I said, offensively, hold on the ball, defensively tackle well, but also keep the game tight. That's obvious. Falling behind is yeah, not Yeah, falling good. behind is not going to be good. This defense, once this Bills defense gets a lead, they really put the pressure on. Um I think this is a big Jordan Howard game. If Jordan Howard shows up and has a game like he did against the Packers, they win this game. Uh, if he's middling and they give a lot of possessions to Miles Sanders inexplicably, this could be rough. I do wonder if they're going to start using Boston Scott a little bit. I know it's garbage time, but Boston Scott's run pretty well uh, with those fresh legs. And, I mean, Miles Sanders has proven that he's really a receiver at this point. So, um this is also a game where the Eagles like to be creative and create mismatches. It's not going to be a good game for them from that standpoint because they have Tremaine Edmonds who can literally do everything at linebacker. And I think they're not going to have the mismatches they want. The safety group is good. The linebacker group is good. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are going to have difficult times getting open. Alshon's going to have to step up big in this game. I don't know if he has that in him after seeing the last four or five weeks. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, if he wants to put all the blame behind him, have a big game in this in this game. Don't like, drop the ball. <laughs> that's the thing. Like I feel like everybody's caught up in in you know the drama. Just do your job. Like yeah. just fix it. Like it's as simple as that. You fix it. They win and they head in four and four into the second half of the season. Everyone's feeling optimistic because guess what? They go play Mitch Trubisky at home. Uh, can dial up some pressure. He hasn't really played well historically against the Eagles. Then you go on a bye week, you can study up for the Seahawks, who they've typically struggled against, but you play them at home, you know, and so... Russell Wilson might have a field day. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be rough. He's Uh, he's the MVP right now, probably. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then you play the Patriots, which you know is probably a guaranteed loss. So, look... Although, although in in my head, not to skip ahead too much, but... Uh, in my head, I'm imagining like Deshaun comes back and like has a big game, and they upset. The, that would be such an Eagles thing to upset. It, the Patriots. it would. Especially I don't think they will. I'm saying, but that would be a very Eagles moment. Especially because Stephon Gilmore's playing like the best corner in the league. Yeah. Um, but once you get through that, the 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 second the gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. The second ga- uh, triple threat gauntlet from yeah, hell. Yeah. Uh, a week mixed in at least. Yeah. You get the Dolphins. You get two matchups against the Giants. You get a matchup against the Redskins, and then you play the Cowboys at home. Obviously, not in that order. Those are all winnable games. This team needs to get to 9-7, 10-6. And if they can beat uh, Buffalo and beat Chicago, they'll be 5-4 um, and four entering the bye week. Let's say they lose to Seattle and, and um, the Patriots, and that's 
what? That's five and, and six, right? Yeah. So then you just win out those those last five games and you're in the playoffs. It's <laughs> just easier said than done yeah, with but, this team. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you, do you think um, this is the last game for any players on the Eagles this Sunday? If Sidney Jones plays poorly, I don't know if you play him again. I'm not saying they're going to cut him. I just think well, that's what I mean. Guys that they cut or trade. I mean, what value does Nelson Aguilar have? That's the no, question to me. If, if Nelson Aguilar has any cachet, like I guess trade yeah, him. him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's nobody in particular that I think has significant value to this team to where if they traded him or cut him, it would make that much of a difference outside of obviously Fletcher Cox. They could trade Vitae. They could trade Vitae. I mean, that wouldn't be a reaction to them being bad, though. It'd be right. a value trade. For sure. Um, so uh, so the trade deadline is on Tuesday, by the way. Um here, let, let, let's just give them our, our official picks, and then we'll, we'll wrap up because we got to go to locker room. Um, do you want to say what yours was? Oh, yeah. Um, I have the Eagles winning 17-16. to 16. I think if they can keep uh, the Bills from scoring 20 points, they can win this game. I have the Bills winning 20-16. to 16. Um, This should be a close one, but again, like I've said, until the Eagles prove to me that they're capable of being better than they were the last two weeks, I'm not going to believe that they can do it. So... I'll be picking the Eagles to lose for the next few weeks unless they win on Sunday and change my mind. I think if they win on Sunday, people are going to say, keep picking. picking yeah, I mean, I'm wrong every week. So. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, so, so it is trade deadline Tuesday. We're going to try and either do a full-on trade preview, trade deadline preview, or attach it to our, our, uh, our post-game pod. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Sorry we didn't get to read comments again today. This has kind of been a weird week, obviously, so it's been hard to uh, to fit that time in. But um, leave some comments on this. Let us know your predictions for the game. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday night. <laughs>